1: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that
2: moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's
4: in the house. And I screamed.
5: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
0: You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life
3: Welcome back. Day two, L.A. Jack. Amazing, long-ass day yesterday. Then we get to start today with, uh, man, one of the most clutch players in the history of the NBA. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of different nicknames. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All I know, care about is the seven rings. Right. Uh, man, welcome to the show, Robert Ori. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate bro. you, man. Big Thank bro. You. Thanks. Thanks. Um, I feel like this, this interview is gonna to have to cut the line. So, we're gonna drop this the first day of the finals since we're talking to someone who was seven and oh in the finals. What is that? You know, when, we, when you think about the, the hierarchy and, and rings and ring talk, you were someone who has seven first and foremost, but you're also seven and oh in yeah. those situations. What, what comes to mind now you have a chance to sit back and look at stuff like that? And first of all, I
0: just say I was blessed to play with a lot of great <laughs> fucking talent. You know, you think about it. Um, one of the best big men ever. I started my career out, and it was Akeem Olajuwon. And for me, coming out of college, you you look at all the teams. Most guys were like, "Where do you know, I just want to get in the NBA. I was like, where do I want to fit in when I can mm-hmm. win the championship? And I was so fortunate to go to Houston because that's exactly what they needed, a yeah. small forward. And then to play alongside Dream and Vernon Maxwell, you know, two of the greatest competitors that play the game, was a great learning experience for me. So I look at that, and, you know, all the other teams I played for, the one common denominator was great big men. Uh-huh. You know, think about Shaq, Tim Duncan, mm-hmm. and if you said right now, name the top five big men I played with three of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Who's so who's who's who's
0: who? You
3: play with three of them. Well, Dream's number one shit. by yeah, far.
0: Okay. We, are, we don't like to talk. Nobody wants to talk. about. I think you have these guys who are quiet. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Dream, you know, he's a really quiet guy. You can't get him to do much, to say much. So we kind of veer away from him. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about him. But to me, if you look at what he put together, you know, defensive player of the year, MVP in one season, mm-hmm. um, all-time leading shot blocker, you know, those things that you look at his – his history and what he's done for the game and where he how he started the game. You know this dude didn't play basketball growing up. Mm-hmm. Went to U of H where that. they yeah. went. You think about it, we all went to college where they gonna teach you U of H. They just rolled a ball out there and yeah. he went to work. And mm-hmm. so I think what his body of work was just incredible and he's just a good dude too, man. That's mm-hmm. what you have to think about a good dude.
2: And people don't understand you played with all of them, so your opinion is valid. You've been on the court <laughs> yeah, with all of with them. them. Yeah, one with all yeah, of one them. One so, with them yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, you gotta
3: respect that. That's dope. Um. Fatherhood. You recently got kicked out of a game. Joined the club uh, for cussing at a ref. I didn't uh, curse. I oh, did curse. You didn't.
0: I didn't. That's the craziest thing. I said, "Yo, ref, you suck, man."
3: Okay. I said, "Call the
0: blocking call." And well, you should have cussed. <laughs> if they gonna
3: throw you out <laughs> for suck. you <laughs> not it worth it, huh? And that's uh, the crazy
0: part. People like, he's like he went to the he went to the cop, and the cop was like. What did you want me to do? That's not my job. Right. And then he went to the AD at, uh, at the school. So he, stopped the game. Yeah, and he got mad. I said, oh, you mad at me because I say you suck? Right. I said, well, good job. And he tossed right. me out of the game. Really? And so the, the AD was outside talking to me. He says, you know, I apologize. He said, I said, can I have my money back? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> he was like, I can't do that. I said, well, next game I come to, is free. Right. And he says, okay, we'll do that. Yeah, but... I love watching my son play in high school, man. You know, you know how it is when you can watch your kids and watch them try to follow their own path, their own dream. You know, they won state championships. Yeah. So it was it was a, a great run. You know, for me, I was so mad that I missed the, the game to go to state champs because they played Corona Centennial. Everybody knows how good yeah. Corona Centennial is. Yeah. But we, Harvard, I said we because I'm a part of the Harvard Westlake yeah. fan. We step up in there and beat them by 20 in their building. Mm, that good. lets you know destiny was a, 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 in their path.
3: <sighs> Where does fatherhood, but also giving your son game, how do, how do you balance that line? <laughs> you know, I, I have a
0: great son. Um, he comes to me for advice. Okay. You know, he, like, sometimes dads want to come out and say, oh, you're going to do this, this, and this. I'm like, yo, just sit down. Let's talk. What do you think you need to work on? Where did you mess up in this game? And he he's like, okay, Dad, I fucked up because I didn't shoot this ball, I didn't shoot that ball. He says I should have did this, and he says, oh, tell me what, how I should have gotten. And I show him little little tweaks because my son is a very intelligent player. You know, you got to be go to Harvard Westlake, and so I just tweak a little things here and now. But I also think that the people I put him in the path with have helped him a long way. Like I do got like Zach now. I know you know uh-huh. Zach that yeah. trains uh-huh. uh, Reeves has uh-huh. started working with my son because I say, yo. I can't talk about dribbling. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't what I was yeah. good at. But uh-huh. I can tell you footwork and how to shoot it. And so, you know, you have to pass it along. So that's one thing that I've learned about father. We all don't know everything. Right. So all don't facts. be afraid to step outside
3: the box yeah. and ask somebody for help. I'll be the first one to send these motherfuckers somewhere else. <laughs> Amen. <name. laughs> We're going to do it together. Yeah. Need some help. And Andalusia,
0: Alabama, mm-hmm. that's how you said. Andalusia. are you from Spain, it's Andalusia. Andalusia. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Talk about uh, growing up in South Alabama. Man, you know, it, it was it was hard. I know a lot of people talk about how racist was and, you know, how racism is. You don't know racism until you get to Alabama in the South, mm. where certain streets we couldn't walk down. Even growing up, I was one of the best baseball players in my city, and I don't make an all-star team because there was a situation where a ball rose to, right in front of the coach, and I said, throw the ball back. He said, boy, you come get this ball. And I was like, shit, and I stood on first base. I don't make all-star. I did. And, it, wow. and, and, and it's just crazy. And then what they fail to realize is, in back then is, if the team that wins it, which was our team, we won it every year, it was all black, had three white kids on our team, and the two white kids that were on our team was brothers, and they were the richest white kids in town because their dad was a doctor. Mm-hmm. And so now we're playing this game. We had to play an all-star game, and I don't make the all-star team. I told my coach, I'm pitching today. We beat them mugs 32 to 3. And this is their all-star team. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so that and from that moment on, they canceled that moment because they knew they were wrong. They knew they fucked up. Mm-hmm. And then when I went on, it's just is one of those little things. Even like our chilies, we can only have we only allowed three black chiliers on our team and one one of them was or the coach's daughter, so they had to make that exception. So it was little things like that, but it made you stronger. It made you smarter. It made you be aware of your surroundings. It's one of the things that like, my wife laughs at me about now because when I go places, I'm always looking. And I'm like, you know, there's only like one black person in this mm. restaurant. She said, why do you always notice?" I said, because some shit go down, mm. me and him gonna link up. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how it is. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, and, she don't, and she's like, why are you that? I said said, well, because when you grow up in Alabama, you got to be very careful in the restaurants you go to because people just start eyeballing you and and then next thing you know, fights break out and then mm-hmm. you're gonna get blamed for it. But mm-hmm. you gotta make sure you get about that bitch alive and make sure you got Fair someone to have up. your back. Man, oh, thanks.
2: thanks. Yeah. So when did hoop come into play? And then there's two
0: questions: When did hoop come into play? And was there any NBA players you looked up to? <sighs> Man, my brother got me into hoop. My brother was the second best player in the state of Alabama behind Chuck Person, mm-hmm. but he did Chuck not want He did not want to play basketball. And so he's the one that got me into it. And then growing up in you know, South Alabama, and you, you live in your mother, your aunt, your brother, your grandma, your grandfather in one house, and you got one TV. My grandfather, when he wanted to watch TV, watched what he wanted to watch. Yeah. And that was going to be— The Westerns? It, it, no, it was wrestling. He, yeah. wrestled, he That's all he watched. And then my grandmother watched stories. So yeah. that's how I became a Days of Our Lives fan because when I come home, I had to watch what she wanted to watch. Mm-hmm. But for that, though, it was just it. It was great growing up. I, I grew up a Magic Johnson fan, and I, I love Magic. I used to, you know, have a Magic Johnson post in my in my room in, in college. And and then I kind of became a Scottie Pippen fan because as you grow and you learn your game, you try to pick out players that are, are similar Same, to your yeah. build. Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, this is why I, I want to take some from him, take some from him. And then at the end of the day I realized, well, shit, those two guys like to dribble. I don't like doing that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just, you know, I just try to be me. And that's one reason I wore number 25 because when I got to high school, my high school coach was like, what number you want to wear? And I said, I want to wear 32 so I can be like Magic Johnson. He's like, nope, you're not having that number. And I'm like, why? He says, because you need to be your own in person. You need to be your own player. You can learn from him, but be who you are. And he was like, when's your birthday? August 25th You're wearing number 25. 25. Yeah. That's how I got my number. Yeah, It's stuck. Mm-hmm. You
2: stayed home for school, Alabama. I didn't want to. You didn't want to. Uh-uh. Teammates with
0: Spree will talk about that experience. Uh, I, I, you know, I wanted to go to Georgia Tech because growing up in Alabama. If I say Alabama, the first thing you think of right now, Nick Saban mm-hmm. and football. Mm-hmm. Even though Nick Saban wasn't there, but it was still football. Derek Thomas, you know, God rest his one of my greatest friends. You know, he was the one that helped me get through Alabama because I didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to go to Georgia Tech because I wanted to go to ACC where they played basketball. You know, SEC is football, but when I got to Alabama, you know, Spree came in after he transferring there, we had a good time. You know, Spree was one of those crazy athletes. Mm -hmm. Like He he couldn't go right, I mean, left to save his life. Mm -hmm. But when he got to Don Nelson and Golden State, he forced that in him. And Spree was just, when you talk about D you up, we had a great defensive team. You had me, you had Jason Caffey, you had James Robinson. And don't ask me why didn't we win a national championship. I know, I know uh-huh. we had a great team. Y'all had a
3: Hollywood but, man, too, huh? We had
0: Hollywood. We st- well, At one point— Went to the we, tournament every year. Yeah. Bro. one point, we started five pros— Hollywood was at the point, Spree was at the two, I was at the three, Jason Caffey was at the four, and Ra Rogers was at the five. Man. And that, and that was our starting lineup. You know, but you know, you got to think about Spree and I were both seniors. You know, the other guys were juniors, and then Roy was a fresh a, a sophomore. So, but we learned a lot. We helped each other out. And but I think the way Wimp coached us prepared us for the next level because he made us realize ain't it ain't just about playing the game it's about thinking the game mm-hmm.
2: yeah. they, they came real close this year in the tournament yeah. I know you was going crazy Brandon Miller uh, y'all got a nice one coming uh, out of though yeah
0: he's 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 really nice and the crazy part is his dad was a tight end at Alabama when I was there okay. his mom ran Bro. track at Alabama that's why everybody was like how did somebody this fucking good go yeah. to Alabama yeah. it's the connection yeah. and so he ended up man you know I'm just happy he didn't you know go down for that crazy situation that happened yeah. um, but he's a hell of an athlete yeah. he probably gonna be a uh, a top five pick, mm-hmm. probably number two, top three. Number, think number two. I think going number two. I think going well, number they three. Yeah, well, it's Charlotte
2: crazy. Charlotte got number two, right? Yeah, but they, they, need, they, they don't need a guard. Yeah, they, they right. need a wing. They don't that's what I'm saying. Guard. They don't need okay. a point
3: guard. Yeah, okay. so yeah. yeah. it would be go interesting. Number. Definitely yeah. top four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ninety-two, your eleventh overall pick to the Rockets, and as you said earlier, like you looked for fit, and they had obviously all the pieces. What is it like coming from a program where you saw success but never really got over the hump? to playing with the Dream and, and, and everyone else on that team. Touston. Yeah, it, it's 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 so hard to get over that hump. And
0: sometimes you can look at, you know, situations. Like, I, I look at my situation in Alabama and realize, like, okay, every year we lost, we lost to a team that was better than us. And you had to even face reality. You know, my senior year, we lost to North Carolina. They won it that year. And then when you get to Houston, you look around like, shit, who's better than us? Well, you got Seattle who kicks our ass all the time, mm-hmm. and you got that team called the Chicago Bulls that kicks our ass, and we just said, we just got to fight hard, I, I, and people don't understand, it's like my, one of my favorite shots that nobody talks about was a shot I hit as a rookie in Seattle to send us an overtime, uh, you know, they can't, you know, you think I got Vernon, I got Kenny, I got Dream, and I took the shot, and we go into overtime. We eventually lost that game in game seven. That was my rookie year, next year we came back. We still had a great year, but it was just something about fucking Sean Kemp and mm-hmm. Gary Payton, yeah. man. Yeah. And people don't know how freaking good Sean Kemp was, oh, man. man. I remember him in Absolute, high school. because he's the same happy. class in high okay. school. Where's he from? He's from uh, Virginia, right? No, I remember. Indiana. Indiana. Okay. I mean, when I say... If, I wish y'all could have seen this dude in high school, you know, because Alonzo Mourning was considered the number one player in the country that year. And Sean, he'd be me, Sean, Allen Houston. We were all hanging out. And Sean one day says, I can't stand that motherfucker. We're like, what is he talking about? <laughs> he ain't better than me. And this is the first time i ever seen someone like got so fucking motivated because he like, him. He went out the next game. Who did he say that to? He was talking about oh, Alonzo. Uh. He was talking about Zoe. That movie, because even Chris Jackson was there. And Chris Jackson was sitting there, you know, and he was like, you know, you know how funny people don't know how funny Chris was before yeah. he, you know, he, he got yeah. in the NBA. He was a loose guy, but this dude come down one time, Sean Kerr. I never seen somebody this big, Calendar Rock, takes off from the free throw line, dunks on Zoe, and be like, that's why I'm the best motherfucking player in the country. Uh. And I was like, oh shit. I was like, okay, all right. And it was just, <laughs> you know, stuff like that is just <laughs> weird. But you know, but Houston though was a perfect fit for me, man. It was, you think but they needed a three. I was a three. I, I could, you know, play off a of dream. If you dug dream and he didn't block the shot, I was blocking the shot on mm-hmm. the other side. And then you have Vernon, one of the best perimeter defenders in the game. You know, and it was just it was just a great fit. And we just needed the bench pieces. And then we got Mario, Ellie, and Sam Cassell the following year. You know, so that, that put us over the top. And I know we always talk about this. You know, about who would have won in 94, 95 and MJ wouldn't have left. <laughs> but, you know, people don't realize how good Dream was and how, how competitive yeah. Vernon Maxwell was. Mm-hmm. Why not?
3: I mean, Kenny said y'all would have handled him. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, w- w- what was your thoughts? Obviously, you know, you have an understanding and you won a lot. Yeah. Uh, those are some tough Bulls teams, but y'all was tough too. So.
0: Yeah, we were tough. But his, his, this is why I know we would have won it, because I played Besides. for Phil. And... I go back to the 2006 season, no, two, I'm sorry, 2004 season when we playing, we, he, we were playing um, San Antonio and I had to guard Tim. Tim gave me 36 a night. I'm begging for some man, y'all give me a fucking double team because Tim started facing me up and doing stuff that I had never seen before. I said, I need a double team. <laughs> <laughs> and Phil was like, we you know, and one man won't beat us. I mean, damn, he won't one man beat us. He's yeah. killing me right now. Yeah. You know, and, and so he double-teamed. I said, and with that same mentality, I know it wouldn't dream have changed with, with an dream. dream mm-hmm. And you, you think about this, I, I and I'm looking back at everybody that they had on that Bulls team. I know I'm a better defender than all of them dudes. Mm. And I know Dream is better than, than than Tim. So they wouldn't have been able to stop Dream. They said, okay. And I and I feel like when I, the young Rob. Would have been competitive enough to stop Scotty. Mm-hmm. And so I figured mm-hmm. that's why we would have wanted. And then you got, you know, everybody said, What well, about the you know, Black Jesus, meaning MJ? Look at the way Vernon played. I'm telling you. Vernon didn't back down from nobody. Vernon back, I'm telling you. <laughs> watch Vernon play. Vernon would give you 30 to 40. One of the craziest athletes you would ever see play this mm-hmm. game. But because of his craziness, being Mad Max, people don't talk about it or how even view he really what he was. did or how good he was.
3: We you have a good team,
0: man. Yeah.
3: You got any crazy? I, I, I'm a huge fan of Matt. We had a story. That's of, the homie uh, <laughs> I'll tell our story. So we were in Houston one time with the Warriors with Nelly, mm-hmm. and somehow he found out we were going to have shoot around there. So we got there. He had, like, a full-hour workout. Like, Nelly, look at me. You know, you need a 10-day? Like, we <laughs> <laughs> was both full Seriously? sweat. Well, I promise you. <laughs> no, no. When we first walked in there, like, somehow he found out where we were practicing. That, so he had got in no there gas. an hour before, had a full workout, talking about a 10-day. Nelly, what's up? 10-day, like, this is what, Oh seven. 07? Yeah, that was the We Believe season, That was the We Believe season. Unbelievable. Is <laughs> and, I, and, and I had to kind of look around like, is he serious? And people were like, no, nah, he's serious. He dead-ass Dead serious. serious. Like, he was, he and he wanted, looked good, though. Looked great. <laughs> he looked great. Looked great. <laughs> hey, he looked great. When you talk
0: about freaking bodies, his body is just, he was just ripped for no reason. Didn't really work out, yeah. but just was ripped. And he could just stay up all night, drink, smoke all night. That mug gonna come out and come go for 40. Yeah. His favorite thing was if you come to LA and play. He loved playing in LA. That mug would hit a jumper and find out where the chili. you know, this is when the chilies would sit on the sideline. That mug would fall and push himself back into the chilies, look at him. Prettiest white teeth, smile i I'm, I'm fucking him up tonight, baby. Then get back out there. <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> he was, man. Vernon was just, man, he was funny, man. Oh, he, he was I'm hey, fucking
3: him up today.
0: I'm uh, telling you, man, that dude was uh, a crazy competitor, great crazy. athlete. And he could just, man, you had to be there. Another time, I mean, we had this, instance, we were playing, you know, how sometimes you have shoot around, guys leave. We still shooting around. All of a sudden, our strength and condition comes come running out like, yo, man, I need some fucking help. Vernon going fucking crazy. So we run in there, and Vernon and Carl Herrera both have weights in their hand. Them motherfuckers just boom, boom, hitting each other with the weights. And they like, help. He's like, I'll be down. I'm not about to get hit with a fucking weight. And so them motherfuckers fought till they got tired. And then the next day they hugged it out. You know, and if you ever see Carl, Carl Carl's Schroeder. a big dude. Yeah, Carl's shoulder came out of place. Vernon was the first person. Like, I got this, my boy. He would help him to the back. And then three weeks later, the motherfuckers fighting again. And it was just a craziest relationship. But those two loved each other. And, and that that was just a competitive nation of Vernon, boy. It was it's a lot of stories. Even though the time when I had to go save
3: him in the stands. I'll yeah, be, be, yeah I remember that. Stands. Stands. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. First he time he walked
3: straight up. <laughs> <laughs> it was what happened. right there? So for those who didn't see it, <laughs> so we
0: we playing Portland. Portland's kicking our ass, right? You know, I'm sitting. I'm pissed because you know when you have a good game and you lose, and you feel even worse. So I'm sitting at the end of the bench, and all I hear is Yo, Vernon, who's that bitch on your arm? Vernon says, What? And I'm at the end of the bench because I had just got subbed out. So Vernon's jets by me. I look this way. I'm like, oh, shit, he going in the stands. <laughs> so I grew up in the stands. It was two dudes. One dude jumps up. Vernon pushes him down, and he gets ready to swing on a dude. The other dude jumps up, and I'm like, I'm getting ready to grab him. He looks at me and sits back down like, yeah, motherfucker. I'm like this. I'm like, yeah, I'm swole, right? And I look behind me. It's Otis Thorpe, and I strength and conditioning. Oh, yeah. you good. <laughs> so he's like, it. sat you down good. real quick. Like, <laughs> and then they, and the guy, he never hit the guy. He just pushed the guy down and said, what the fuck you say? Say it again. And the guy was like, oh. You know how everybody is. They mm-hmm. talk trash until they, you until
3: know. Jack had to take it to the next level. Yeah. yeah.
0: Where, where were you when I went
3: this day? I needed you in. I needed you in. Come grab me. Yeah. Hey, any three million dollars later. Did 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 uh, Dream Smack? Uh, uh, was that true or was that, that rumor? That's that's the
0: truth. But I had I got there the season after. Okay, that. so you that weren't there for I that. that. Okay, okay. okay. we'll look yeah. yeah, but Vernon, I tell you the story how you know Dream, you know people. I you remember um Dream Smack too, Vernon. Vernon. Oh, so,
1: <laughs> you remember Randy? Uh, what's Randy? I can't think of
0: Randy's name. He used to play for the Clippers.
1: Randy,
0: is No, his name? No, no, no. He, I, uh, another Randy. I can't think of his name. But we were playing the Clippers, and I think it was Randy, but, you know, everybody was scared of Ken. Was it Ken Norman? Ken Norman? Norman. Everybody was scared of Ken Norman, right? You know, he was like that force that nobody would fuck with. Mm-hmm. So we walking off the court, and Randy's talking shit to Dream, and then he pushes Dream. Dream hit him with a two-piece, pop, up, real quick. And then he goes, runs to get Ken. Ken said, like, who hit you? Dream. Ah, oh, fuck that. Because they know <laughs> nobody <laughs> would fuck with Dream. Because people would realize Dream had those hands. If you go back before Dream really deep dive into his religion, that mug fought every time he could. Mm. It was a 25 to $50 fine. Mm. He didn't give a shit. He would knock you out in a second. So I think the, the old dream kind of came out because when you push someone, you kind of lose it sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> he ran it with that two-piece real quick. He's like, I'm going to get my big brother. And big brother saw who it was. No, so
2: no, no, no problem. No. And, and, and what it's crazy you say that because, he the best person in the world. Like, he the best dude in the world, Dream.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, yes, Best person is. in the world. I yeah. want
3: to uh, backpedal a little bit. Your draft, 92 draft, was heavy. Uh, Shaq, Zoe, Christian Leitner, uh, any stories about that draft process or workouts or anything like that? Uh, well, you know, you
0: go to Chicago, you have all these workouts, uh, you know, so you have to do that treadmill test. Mm-hmm. So stress it's, test. It's, it's me, Oliver Miller, Miller uh, Todd Day. We all hanging out, mm-hmm. and we all talking about SEC, and Shaq's on the treadmill. He had just got to that point where he went to like the third level. And Oliver Miller was like, Watch this. He goes over and unplugs the thing, and Shaq almost falls. And everybody starts laughing. What the fuck you laughing at? That shit ain't funny. Uh, it's all good. You know, Shaq was like about to whoop Oliver Miller ass. And then the people come, Well, you got to do it again. Shaq, like, Do it again. Fuck that motherfucker, man. I'm out of here. And he left. And so after that, nobody's like, Well, Shaq leaving? We all fucking leaving. Everybody <laughs> so out. We just, you know, we followed Shaq because we know he's going to be the number one pick. So whatever he said goes.
3: And, um, for all of us.
0: Yeah, <laughs> for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, the, the craziest thing that happened to me personally was I had an a interview with, um, what's the coach of Seattle name, That like Coach Sean and all them, uh, uh-huh. Carl, George Carl. And George Carl comes to me and says, you know, you should be playing in Chicago. I'm like, I just played in Orlando when I shouldn't have won. I won MVP in Orlando. You think I'm playing in Chicago too? He said, what makes you think you shouldn't play in Chicago? I said, look around. I'm better than all these motherfuckers in here. I tell you that. And he was like, okay, that's all I need to know. I, I like confidence. And so ever since then, he and I had a good relationship. And it was it was so weird because of my draft, you know, 11 pick, everybody thought was going to be Harold Minor or Tracy Murray. And so for me, this was the first year that the draft wasn't held in New York. It was in Portland because that's the year of the dream team. And so we, didn't, I didn't even. My, my mom at the time was scared to fly. My dad had just had neck surgery. I didn't have a girlfriend at the time. My agent was in New York, so I was. I think I was the only person that went to the draft by themselves. was going to be a lottery pick. Mm. So I was literally in the bathroom when the Houston pick came up, and I walked back. And you know, everybody, I you know they have the things in their ears where they take the camera. They got one camera in front of Tracy Murray, and one camera in front of Harold Miner. And then all of a sudden, you hear them all do this, and they start running over towards where me and Doug Chris me and Doug Creasco were boys, because we did uh, camps together. We were always hanging together. We always got cut at the same time, so we were all on that band at these events leaving at the same time. And I was like, oh, Doug, you about to get drafted by Houston. And then when Houston called my name, I think that was the best moment in my basketball career outside Love. of winning the Rings, because... Not many guys go to the team they Situation. really, really yeah, want to crazy. go to. Right. And from that moment on, it was, just, it was just the best feeling for me, man. Mm. So I, I was, that was a great moment in my basketball life, and I started winning championships.
3: Uh, the evolution of a stretch four. Like, you have to have it now, but it wasn't really uh, a position back yeah. then. You know, you obviously came in as a three-man, but kind of transitioned to that stretch four. Speak to the kind of the development of that and where that came from.
0: Well, it came from because nobody could guard Charles Barkley on that team. We were playing them in the mm-hmm. playoffs. We were down three-one to them, and Charles uh,
3: was was Phoenix. In Phoenix. <clears throat>
0: Phoenix, and we were down because we had just made that big trade to get Clyde. We traded away Otis Thorpe, you know, as our power forward. So. The first two games, he was killing Pete Chilcutt, who, who was our power forward. Then he was killing Chucky Brown. And all of a sudden, they looked at me like, well, you know, you got to make a lineup change. Let's go. Did Chucky have the
3: go tooth back then or uh, the regular?
0: He had the go-to. You know Chucky. <laughs> Chucky <laughs> Dirty South, man. He still got yeah. that go-to probably. So <laughs> they put me at um, power forward. And, you know, even though Chuck was way stronger than me, but I was faster, I was quicker, I was longer. So, and I'm not saying I didn't stop him, but, you know, I kind of did, you know, from getting 50 at night, he got 30 at night. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so we eventually came back and won that series. And from that moment on, it's like, oh, you are a power forward. Mm-hmm. And that's why they, and then the next series, you know, we went on to play San Antonio, which kind of worked in my favor because people forget Dennis Rodman was on that San Antonio team. Mm-hmm. And what Dennis going to do, he's going to rebound. He ain't coming out the paint. Yeah. And so I was just knocking Bang, down you know. threes and then... Mm-hmm. We went on to play Orlando and you know Horace Grant ain't a really a true power forward like it was back then like the car malone and all that guy and then I would just light him up and so after that they was like you are a power forward and then I had to got to LA I had to put on a little weight, and it kind of just changed my game from there, man. Because when I first got in league, you know, I'm slashing, you know, I'm dunking, dunking I'm shooting, right? dunking. You know, I'm doing all this stuff. You know, because mm-hmm. that's how we first met yeah. in Phoenix when you used to you come work on out him? with us. Yeah, you was no, no, dunking no, 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 he was oh, okay. like fresh out of high school. I was just, that just was a kid. Yeah, he was young. Kid, he used to work yeah. out with us, like Sam and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Sam was just like him and Sam. Every time I look up, him and Sam, Sam were together. together yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, you're
3: known for. Thanks. the offensive side but your defensive game was heavy what were some of the tricks of the trade cuz you were one of some that, that that learned how to guard that position yeah. one of the greatest post defenders that doesn't really get the credit the two obviously, way player. Yeah, obviously yeah obviously lock up on the wing but what were some of your tricks when you would have to play the bigger stronger guys i my my whole thing was these big strong
0: guys like to feel your body and i used to always and so friend Kurt Ramos literally wanted me to come coach with him in Minnesota so I can teach them this move I used to do where I know my arms along, long, so I would use my arm to give me this space. So when you spin, I move my arm, you're not spinning off me, you're spinning off my yeah. arm so I can get in front of you. You know, I worked with a lot of people other than Chris Webber because he was just too damn long. But <laughs> most everybody, Chris Webber and didn't work against. But And so this is what I was doing. I just was just, you know, trying to think. I, I would lean to the side to make you go to the other side because I wanted you to go that way. But the other thing that was a great connection was me and Kobe had this connection where you in the post, Kobe would literally turn around and look at you because I'd be like, Kobe! And he'd turn around because he knew what was coming. I had this move where I would stick my arm between your arm I would poke the ball loose. And I've been doing that since college. So everybody said, you learned that from Dream. I said, no, I taught Dream that. Mm. And so because all my life I've been smaller than the post players I had to play because yeah. in college I played center because we had nobody else to do it, I even though I was a small four, mm-hmm. and so I had to learn to use the tricks of the trade, my quickness and my size. You know, you know, and, and it was just one of those things that I just learned to play. I just love playing defense, and for me. That, like, that's my biggest regret. I never made an all-defensive team. And people are like, well, you didn't play I was like, dude, I was 100 steals a game. Mm. I was 100 blocks a game my first couple of years in, in Houston. You know, I was the first guy to ever be 100, 100, 100 guy. And that's 100 blocks, 100 steals, 100 threes in a season. Mm. And there's so many things like that that I was, like, pissed about because I value defense. Right, I think defense wins championships. I even get mad now watching the games when you get these guys that, like, there's this point. You know, like, no, dude, you got to move Mm -mm. your feet. You got to be in position. You got to go ball you, man. It's Mm -hmm. just just so weird. But Mm -hmm. I just love playing defense, man.
6: AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews.
1: Those are the most obvious. I but what like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: How do you feel about so many people can't shoot in the game, Tom? <laughs> they just, like they backing off guys and just...
0: How do you feel about that? Uh, you know, that that happened to me. When I was in Houston, I was reluctant to shoot the ball. I couldn't shoot the ball, but you just, just you just want to get it to the superstars. And for me, I think guys got to learn how, okay, you want to back off me? Just take a dribble in. And take a dribble in and shoot the shot. And, and you know, mm-hmm. eventually you make one and you make two. People are going to guard you. Then you go from there. But I think now the game is just is predicated on the three so much that people, you know, even when you look at guys like DeMar DeRozan, who I love to death, it's like, "Oh, he's averaging 30 points a game, but he can't shoot three. Who gives a shit?" He got the it's efficient. Shit. Yeah, it's about getting
3: the buckets, points. man. Yep. At
0: the end of the day, it's about getting buckets. You I don't give a shit if you knock down 10 threes and I knock down 32s. Uh, it's still the same mm-hmm. thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's just the efficiency of getting buckets and making the right play because there's not a team alive Gonna let you post up, and you killing someone in the post. Because first of all, if I'm guarding you, Kim, I'm gonna ask for help. Now you got a double team. Mm-hmm. Now it's gonna make it easier shot for these guys out here on the perimeter. Right. That's the one thing I, I like about the way Miami is playing. You know, if you watch every three day take, it's up on the line. Mm-hmm. It's not like everybody else who's, like trying to shoot yeah, logo threes. Exactly. Man, like it's efficiency. Okay, in the playoffs, you have to take great shots. And when you up on the three-point line, that's a great shot compared to two feet behind, which is a good shot for somebody. unless oh, you're Steph Curry, man. Right. And so people, that's what I look at now with the three and the twos. I'm like, dude, just get buckets. Just get Think about it. If Joel, M, if Joel Embiid would have just got more fucking buckets by taking his big ass in the man. paint, mm-hmm. they would have kind of won that series. But no, he want to face up and shoot that little ugly fadeaway yeah, jumper. Cross over you know I'm like? Right, dude, yeah. no. You, who? Al Harford is killing you playing good defense because you're playing in his you're world. You're allowing
3: him to. Mm-hmm. Take him
0: to your world.
2: Yeah,
3: And, and, and go, be, drown yeah. Yeah. <laughs> go drown him. Yeah. Go drown him in that post. That would be the one. Yeah. Now, I mean, obviously, MVP and super skill, but like you said, sometimes you just got to use what God gave you. Yeah. And that's your size. Yeah.
0: You got to take him in your world. That's why when I say about taking your world, when bigs try to cross up littles, they'll face up a little. Why the no sense. you face a little up? Back his little ass down. Mm-hmm. But... I guess I'm too old school. Sometimes
3: <laughs> when I try to make the game simple, they may make
0: it hard.
2: Your second and third year, you know, I was—I'm you know, I'm from that area. We <laughs> got won championships back to back. They called it Tuustin. Uh huh. How was it uh,
0: around that time? Man, Tuustin, you know, Clutch City, whatever Tustin. you want to call it, it was—it was a fantastic time. Because you—if you—you think about it, Houston, one of the what third largest cities in the United States. They've had the Oilers with Warren Moon right mm-hmm. there almost winning a championship. You know, the Astros with, you know, mm-hmm. Nolan almost winning the championships. None of these teams ever won a championship until we got there. Houston went there with the Twin Towers and they didn't make it across, you know, they didn't make it past the Celtics. And all of a sudden now this team comes in. And the first year, like, okay, they're good. And the next year, we start off at that 16 0 record. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted the best teams. And all of a sudden, you know, we go down 2 0 to to phoenix and everybody starts abandoning us nobody even comes to our, you know we just had a mother's day game we had a mother's day game in houston in the summit you know and i think we had about maybe five to six thousand people in there and you know anything this arena holds twelve thousand. it was half empty and i remember going on tv saying i said well you know everybody you want to call us um uh, uh wasn't that was not clutch city but uh like where you're folded and shit now you know, I said, y'all didn't come to the games. We need your support. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of got mad, but then they realized, oh shit, they do need our support. We don't, we went on to win that championship that year. But Houston, great city. No state tax, no state tax. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's good as an athlete, man. Yeah. You, you you get to keep the money. And it's just a it's it's just one of those cities where you you fall in love with because um the people there are nice. You know, it, the economy is great. And, you know, now that you retire, one of the things you like to do is eat. A lot of great restaurants. Mm. How, how, how much harder is it to win the second one? It's so much harder because you, everybody's expecting you to win. You might not have a good team, you might have the same team guys be injured, but they expect you to, so you do it, you gotta do it again. Mm. And for us, we started the season off bad. You know, Sam got hurt, I got hurt, Mario got hurt, Dream got hurt, and then the only person who was on a consistent basis was Otis Thorpe. Mm. And so, you know, we losing all of a sudden. You say, no, we are gonna get rid of Otis and bring in Clyde. And then we didn't jail until the last month because we never played together because we was all hurt. And then when we got Clyde, we jailed and we realized what we can do. And we went small and we just started running and gunning. You know, even though we had to anchor and Dream, but he get he'll get a block shot. We taking our running. He'll sit back and wait. We score mm-hmm. We come back down. If we don't score or what they goes, we had to take it out. We said Dream. Go get your big ass on the block. Mm -hmm. We give it to you and get out of the way. And so, and that's how we played, man. But it was hard to repeat. And then it was really hard to three-peat, you Mm -hmm. know. The next year, we, we got our asses handed because everybody was hating on us. MJ came back and he had a squad. So, for only four years in Houston, man, I was... Two Three. championships in mm-hmm. four years—that's my mm-hmm. bad. Yeah, that's tough.
3: <laughs> uh, during that run, you guys ran into a young Shack and Penny. Yeah, uh, talk to us about them and, the, and and you know obviously how good they were, but just young at that time. Oh, man, they were young. They we used to call them America's team. You know, so like the
0: Cowboys, they were always on TV because think about—they it. They just came up doing blue chips. Mm-hmm. You know, they're winning and kicking butt. Shack is you know doing all these things, and Penny. I, I hate that Penny Knees went out because man, you talk about cold. freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Man, you watch his highlights when you're young, he's just amazing, man. And, and and then you got D Scott and you got Anderson, all these guys, mm-hmm. you know, they had a great team. They're young, and the thing, the piece they was missing was Horace Grant. Mm-hmm. You know, a guy bringing that veteran leadership that could anchor that defense on, uh, for a postman, but it was great to go up against him because we were pissed because First of all, we weren't on TV that much as defending champions. You know, everybody was forgetting about us, and everybody had just forgot about the run we had just made. We went in Utah, beat Carmelo and all those guys. We went into Phoenix, beat Charles, and we were down 3-1, came back to win that suit. And then we beat the best team in, in – in basketball, the San Antonio Spurs. People forget that was David Robinson, you know Dennis Rodman, you know Sean Elliott. They had a good mm-hmm. crew. Mm-hmm. You know we beat that team, and then we were going on to sweep Shaq, you know. But it's just like, like I said, once you get on a roll as a team, can nobody stop you? It's like it no matter what defense you are about. we we seen it all. And at this point, it's all it's about us just just knocking down threes. You think about it. When Anderson missed those four free throws, mm-hmm. it's almost like it's destiny. It's like it, yeah, it creeps yep. into your mind. and The other team's mind, like, fuck, we had them beat, and we lost We lost this game. And now we got, we started taking our chest like, oh, we cocky as hell now. You can't beat us. We, we know the basketball guys on our side. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that people always forget that those next two years is what made it so easy for us, they moved the three-point line in. That was the year they moved it in. So we were knocking down threes at a mm-hmm. high clip. You know, so that was that was easy. So yeah, but that that to two peak was hard. But like I said, that three peak was damn near impossible and we didn't. So and we I mean it's hard, man, to win in this league period. So yeah.
3: we're gonna get to the point where you did three peat so don't <laughs> worry.
0: Uh traded
3: to Phoenix, uh in the Charles Barkley deal, not there long. You arrive in LA with Shaq, Eddie, Nick, Sid, Eldon Campbell, uh, Lose to Utah in that first round. Uh, what was going to L.A. like, and and getting a chance to play with Shaq initially?
0: Well, it it, it was it was great, you know, because you think about all the battles Shaq and I had in college, and then in finals, and then to play alongside him and see his development. Uh, if you watch young Shaq, he didn't have the footwork as he did as he got older. He started spinning and dunking on people and doing that thing, and he started you know hitting his jump hook, um, and then you know you playing with Kobe. Uh, the guy, and you know, we all we all said it, we've all seen it, how hard he worked. And then you had guys that, you know, like Eddie and, and Nick and and Rick Fox and you know Eddie Jones probably one of the most athletic guys mm. ever. You know, Nick is one of the most competitive guys ever. But when you got that and you got little young Cope sitting on there, like, I need all those shots you getting, mm. I need.
3: <laughs> and so
0: we went into Utah and got swept, and everybody talks about why did you go to Kobe for him to sh- take that final section? Because the dude was hot. People forget about that. As you go with the hot guy. And every to me, great coaches go with the hot guy. He had like, I think like 17 in the fourth or 16 mm-hmm. in the fourth something good. And he just missed the shot. So everybody's like, you can't give it to a young guy. But right from that moment that yeah, you can tell that this dude was gonna be something special because it' not even he came by beer yet. Came mm-hmm. by liquor, and he's taking over a team and you know, saying, get on my shoulders and it, it was hard, but I think the best thing for us is when we brought in pieces that fit. I know we hated to see Eddie and Nick go, but they weren't the pieces to make us a championship team. And then also we added Phil, who made Shaq finally get in shape, you know, mm-hmm. basketball shape, mm-hmm. and. Um,
3: and, we, and he made Kobe play more together, and then we just, you know,
0: we was able to win a championship.
3: Speak to Phil's greatness, and, you know, I was fortunate enough to, I only got a year with him, but his ability to push people's buttons for the greater cause of the team. He <laughs> yeah. may get in a motherfucking <laughs> argument. I mean, Ron used to cuss <laughs> his ass out, but he knew how to push those buttons yeah. to get different guys going. Speak to his greatness and kind of what he brought to that team. I, I think what the main thing is, he got
0: guys to understand, this is bigger than you. And, and, you know, he also got that little, you know, you have the devil and the angel, he's got the angel of coaching Michael Jordan on his shoulder, and everybody looks at the angel instead of the devil and kind of, you know, listens to him. But the thing with feel when people don't talk about is his ability to just bring you to a side and talk to you about what he needs you to do for the team. You know, I've had I, I had so many guys that come out of a meeting with Phil and said, man, Phil told me I need to do this, this, and this. Have you talked to Phil yet? I'm like, no, nah, he ain't never called me in the office. <laughs> like, you, what? He said, we, Phil and I never had a conversation except for one time. And the only reason we had a conversation is because I was on the training table getting my back worked on. And he was about to get his back work done. We had a conversation, and the conversation went exactly like this. How you doing? Good. He says, so what happened between you and Danny Ainge? I didn't like the motherfucker. Okay, end of conversation. And we never had a conversation other than like, "Yo, um, yo, help me, give me a double team with Tim." We don't need that. And it was never like you know, like pop. And I've had conversations. He's asked me about my daughter. He's asked me about my family. You know, Rudy and I have conversations. So it's just it one of those things that I think Phil was one of the type of person. If you needed, if he needed you to do what's best for the team, he would have a conversation. And I think deep down, he knew I put the team first. I didn't put myself first. I didn't care if I scored. I didn't care. But as long as we won, that's all I care about. And so for me, I think that's how Phil was able to bring everybody together. He knew he'd go to B-Shaw and said, B-Shaw, I need you to talk to Kobe. I need you to talk to Shaq. I need them to play get, play better. I need them to play defense. And it was one of those things that he he was like a psychologist where he just know how to
3: mentally get people motivated Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as you see Shaq's greatness and Kobe starting to grow what was that process like it was it was it was a great
0: thing to watch I think everybody really saw the process when we played Indiana in the finals and they saw him when Shaq found out Kobe was able to take over but we saw it all season we saw it in practice we saw how he was getting better and better we saw how hard he worked and I, I think what was best was like Shaq understood it too you know, whether Sha- he admitted
3: it or not, yeah. he understood and,
0: it. And he'd know he, he cause there was moments where Shaq would give him the ball and you you know this is how you know because Shaq would back off and try to get out of his way and he would go to the dunker spot and let Kobe do his thing. That's how he was able to get that dunk in the Portland, oh, Portland series, because he let Kobe do his thing. Mm. And even though he was killing, but you know, okay, you, who has a better advantage, Kobe or Shaq, you know? So he said, go ahead, Kobe, you're hot. And he was able mm. to get a shot. And I think you know, it's just like anybody, when you feel like it's your team, you got this young buck trying to take on, you still got it. You know, it's, mm-hmm. like, it's different when you don't have it. You still got it. And you're like, no, no, I still got it. This is still my city. But I think he should, you know, I think he realized, you know, I need this dude to be mm-hmm. to get what I want. Mm-hmm. I need everybody on this team to get what I want. It's not about me. Because we all seen MJ try to do it until he got, you know, his pimp and and all, you know, Horace and all these other guys to make them whole. Tony. You got to have this. And I think that's what he did.
3: Um, Any funny, crazy stories be- either between them or just of a young Kobe? Or we always try to ask our guests that. <laughs> oh, You know, everybody knows about, you
0: know, the bet smack- and him smacking some Mikey Walker on the bus. And <laughs> everybody knows about how, how mad he would get. We would play, you know, the, the string game.
3: Hold on. He smacks some Mikey Walker? I ain't heard that You one. never heard this story? Uh-uh. So basically we, we would we make little bets.
0: And so one day Samaki made a bet with Kobe and we all pay up immediately. And Samaki didn't pay. You know, Smike was new to the team. Mm-hmm. And so Smikey didn't pay him. And Kobe kept asking one day, two days, two weeks later, he's like, You gonna give me my money? I'm gonna smack you upside the head. So as Kobe was walking past him on the bus, he's like, Samaki, you got my money? Nah, motherfucker got your motherfucking money. Stop asking me. Oh. <laughs> He smacked the shit out of <laughs> <laughs> like it was like a shock. Smack. whoa, 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 motherfucker, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he just walked <laughs> And he walked out there. It was the funny thing. I don't know if he ever paid him or not, but I said, no, I'm not paying you as you smacked me, but it was just one of those things, man. But yeah, it was it was funny. And uh, you know, it cold we would always mess with Kobe. Uh we'd be in practice. You know, the second team would beat them. Kobe wanted to play another game. And, you know, Phil knew that he was like, nah, we ain't playing enough. He would get so pissed. This dude literally wouldn't talk to us the next day until he got his revenge. Mm-hmm. You know, he just had that killer instinct. And even when we would play stream games in practice, you know, Kobe couldn't shoot threes, you know, in the, you know, the first couple of years of his career. He would get mad because he wouldn't win a game. And he'd be at the early the next day working on number threes. All right, guys, we're going to play a stream game today. And Like nah, we ain't playing today, dog. <laughs> <laughs> just to fuck with him, right? right, man? To get he was just that he wanted to win at Every everything, thing. man. So that was just one of us, just just to give him hell and play with him, mm-hmm. but. Uh, no dude, it was so many funny stories. Our best times, man, literally after practice when we would sit in the locker rooms and Top ice down out. and just shoot the shit, man. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I don't know about you guys. That's yeah, what I miss way. most about that plan. Yeah, man. we were talking about that. Yeah. The locker room time bus rides, the, rise, the lo- lo-
3: planes, yeah. the locker room. Mm-hmm. The going to dinners on yeah. the road. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Uh you uh, you mentioned early and we're gonna get to Timmy down the line, but you you were there for Hakeem's greatness and and Dominus as a big. Talk to us about Shaq's.
0: He mostly he's just when you just talk about sheer force and dominance, he's is nobody like him, you know. Um, his ability to do, take it on the break, spin and dunk on you, and and the one thing that I I really admit that I I look up to Shaq in the sense that I couldn't have been him, because if you on the block and you see how much he gets beat up. And doesn't react the way he could. He could kill somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, he tried to kill Brad Miller. <laughs> I know. I'm like, it's so many times where you could just literally spin right and just mess somebody up, man. He would not do real off. He wouldn't do it. He's like, he would take it, and he, you know, he, you know, there's a couple guys like Oster Tag, Brad Miller, and all those guys that he didn't, you know, he didn't take it from. But he he was just man. In in the refs, I would go to the refs like, did you just hear that smack? Oh, he's big enough. He can handle that. That doesn't fucking matter, man. Just it's like a fucking, if I smack you I'll in your face right mind. now, you tossing me. Mm-hmm. So just call the call. And so, but he was, he was, he was graceful enough where he took it. And he's like, it's almost like he knew that that came with being that big and that dominant that he just had to overcome it. And uh, and, and and he'll tell you to the day, if you'd have ever just got in shape like he did that first year field came, they, they wouldn't have broke up him and Kobe. Mm. they have found final way to make it work. And he would have been, the Lakers would have been, been Ain't no telling. sheesh. Mm-hmm. It would have been so dominant, man. It would have been amazing. So, you know, even though they tried to bring in Carl and Gary, it was that disconnect. And you got to be connected mm-hmm. if you want to win a championship. Mm. Nice. Uh,
3: 88, or excuse me, 98, 99, you guys fall short. Swept by Utah, mm-hmm. uh, swept by San Antonio the following year. Speak to the growth and, and, and the importance of feeling that. Before you guys go on your run for three. Are you talking about one, two, three cancun? <laughs> <laughs> See, people don't understand where that came from. Talk came came to from... me, cause we're actually shooting a show like that <laughs> with, with Amazon that we're gonna launch next year. See,
0: the one, two, three cancun came when we got swept by Utah. And people don't understand it was it wasn't to be negative, it was to try to loosen up. Nick was trying to loosen up the team. Cause we was down 3-0. He said, man, let's just go here and play loose. If we don't, we go to Cancun. On three, one, two, three, Cancun. And everybody <laughs> took it to Nick saying, oh, fuck this, the season's over, right? right. He he was trying to loosen guys up. Mm-hmm. We we lost that game. You know, we lost a better team. We were a young, immature team that got beat by a veteran team who went on to go to the championship, but didn't win it though, but they went on to the championship. And for us, everybody was like, uh. And then the next year, you know, you know, we hate that the forum got shut down by San Antonio. We got beat by a better team. And sometimes people don't look at the other team. They just look at you as an individual. Like, oh, mm-hmm. you got, you bad, you are not good, you suck. No, no, we got beat by a better good. team. We yeah. got beat by Tim mm-hmm. Duncan, you know, Mario Elliott, Sean Elliott, David Robinson, who people forget is one of the best fucking players mm-hmm. and best centers to ever played this game. And so we got beat. But the thing, but the next year, you know, we came in, everybody was motivated. Everybody was motivated. We, we were locked in. You know, Shaq got in shape because we, oh, we got this new coach, Phil, coming in. And I think this is the first training camp I've ever been to where everybody was in shape when you come into training camp. And because nobody knew what Phil was, how he was going to be, was he going to run as a diff? And, you know, because it's not like now where you can look at all the film on our phones and shit and see the history of what he did in the bulls and how they used to run. We didn't we didn't know any of that. So we got Phil and everybody was in shape. And we, you know, we started the season out
3: really good. And we just rolled from there, man. Mm. Um one of your most famous shots, it might not be your favorite, mm-hmm. but uh, the Game 4 shot versus Sacramento, yeah. the anniversary of that of, 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 what, 21 years is coming up soon, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, uh-huh. 21 years. Yeah. Uh, walk us through that shot and in, in, in that play. Uh, the play is called What the Fuck. Mm. <laughs> Fitting. Phil
0: said, we're going to run What the Fuck. It's, you get the ball in the I'm supposed to set a pick for Kobe to come off. You know, Doug Chris is one of the best defenders to play this game. He had Doug Chris on And Kobe, if he can get that angle going right... You know, and it, and I think this is the, this layup he missed. Kind of, you know, kind of taught Kobe how if I'm going left, I don't have to get it to the hole. That's when he started developing that turnaround fader, right The going right. That was one of his favorite shots. And from that moment, he went to the hole, and he missed. And then Shaq short arm tipped it, and then Vladi tipped it out. And and I was sitting right there. And people always wonder why were you still at the three? Why weren't you crashing the board? Because I played with Kobe. And Kobe, if he can't get the shot, he's going to kick that yeah, bitch back out to me okay. for the game winner. And so I'm sitting there waiting like this the whole time. And then it got tipped. It got tipped perfectly. Right to your pocket. Right to where you know. Everybody likes to catch it right here, mm-hmm. so you can just go straight up. Yep. And then, you know, and that's one thing about being a shooter and guarding a guy like, a you know, a, a, a true four back then. They gravitate towards the paint. Mm-hmm. And, and when open. Chris Weber left me, I was able to knock down that shot. But it—, it it's one of the greatest moments that I've had in my career, man. It was just the fact when I watched this, the film and the overhead shot, when I make that shot, the whole arena jumps yes. up at the same time. You see Dante when our ball boy streaking across the floor. And I still get goosebumps when I see that shot because you think about as a kid, when you grow up a Lakers fan, and as you, a Laker, you hear them chant Kobe's name, you hear them chant Shaq's name, you really never get that moment. Now you step on the stage in the biggest moment you knock down a shot and everybody's chanting your name, man. It's the best feeling to ever, man. Mm. Especially, you know, you knowing that after that. You're not paying for any dinners nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> you're not getting you get in the club easily. You, in LA. Oh, yeah,
3: man. you go to base, you ain't never paying for no drinks. <laughs> so yeah. that was the best moment ever, man. And considering the the dessert, I mean, you missed that shot. You guys are down three one. Yes. I yeah. mean, that's what a lot of people don't remember is you're down three one um if you missed that shot. Yeah. Another notable time yeah uh the B- was, and this, uh, this Sacramento that was a good fucking team. They were good, too. that's what I was going to say. That was a good team. They man. were a really good team. Yeah. You guys shut the door on a lot of good teams, mm-hmm. but I want to talk about that game 6 cuz we've talked to Webb about game 6, <laughs> we've heard Donahue <laughs> speak on game 6. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um talk to us about just like that team, that game in particular cuz Sacramento was a good team. You guys yeah. were the better team, you know, you came out and got the win, but yeah. Sacramento was a really good team. Sa- Sacramento was a really good team. You know, people
0: <laughs> They they break everything down when they say oh it's it's the scandal you know Donahue was calling this <laughs> I'm like you know it was a couple of fouls that got on on, on, on on Chris Webber I'm like I I know how to play Chris but I made him foul me I, he elbowed me he screamed it's like so many calls but people forget in Game Five they got a lot of favorable calls and people don't talk about it. they talk about how they it was a possession where Bibby. Went out of bounds or something, I can't remember exactly, and it was probably in our possession. They got it, he knocks on a shot. So it all evens out. out. And so but don't blame us for you had home court advantage. Mm. We go in your building in games game seven. You got Steakovic. To me, this is me. If you're able to walk without a limp, you can play. Thanks. Especially in a game seven to see who's gonna go to the finals. Facts. He doesn't play in that game. And so, don't get mad at us. Get mad at him. Mm. You know, we went in your building, took you to overtime, and kicked your ass. And now you're going to call out? Oh, go call foul. I'm like, no. You Call foul on bitch. He should have played in that mm. game. I and nobody about talks that. about that. And I it's like, about you, that. you. This is why you. Play so hard throughout the regular season to get there, right. To be home quarterback and have your fans behind. And then you had the cowbells and stuff. How and, rowdy
3: was that crowd? Because this ah, is the first time in 16 years that they got in the playoffs this year. And I remember those old crowds too. But how ah, crowd, crazy and loud yeah. were they? The moment Phil
0: Jackson called this town a cowbell town, it was the worst decision he's ever made. <laughs> they came Everybody with more. really came with a cowbell and they were just ringing that shit. We didn't hear, you know, we could hear anything Phil was saying. We looking at for a plays called, call. You know, he would do that, that whistle thing Couldn't he can shift. whistle you can't hear that shit so it was just mostly on us you know You know, and that was a perfect time Kobe like oh I got it I got it I'm gonna go one on one I can't hear you <laughs> I, can't, right, I got it right, 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 right I'm going one on one come send me a pick, Rob yeah. I got this one on one but it was it was it was It. it but throughout the years we talked about field, and That's what he would do. He would put us in situations Power to make you. us uncomfortable. So when we had that, we would be comfortable. Would and that's you, what you. Yep. That's what. That's the sign of great coaches.
3: Mm-hmm. They put
0: you in uncomfortable positions so, when the greatest moment arrives, you are comfortable. So
3: and allowed you guys like to put you, but uh, to elaborate, he allowed you to figure it out. He wasn't yeah. someone who was bunch on a uh, quick timeouts. Like if mm-hmm. teams go on runs, he wants you to figure that shit out. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. And like you said, for situations where you might not be able to utilize. Mm-hmm. What he has to say, I I, I used to love that about Phil Yeah, I did a, too. As a Sometimes you too. look,
0: and it's so funny. You look for help, <laughs> and he's like, looking, this, like what are you looking at me for? Figure it out." Just sitting there, just sitting and that, there, and that's the best thing, you know. And and i and I'm, and I was coaching my son's AAU team, and I would sit down, and parents would get mad at me before not calling time. I'm like, I "Do the same shit, shit. Let them figure it out, man." I'm like, "It's gonna shit. make them better." Mm-hmm. And so, and people don't understand that, you know. You 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 don't have to micromanage everything. You Thank don't have to do that. Let yeah. the guy, they're grown men. They're smart sure. players. Yeah. And I think that's one thing we don't get enough credit for. We've been doing this since a young age, and we have the IQ, but a lot of times the coaches forget that. Mm-hmm. They forget we know what the hell we're doing. That's why we're here. Yeah. And that's one thing, I, I, that's why Rudy was kind of my favorite coach of all time, because after timeouts, he would come to us and say, what y'all want to run? What mm-hmm. y'all see out there? What's going on? You know how now these, these coaches will spend so much time in the huddle? Rudy would come and sit and talk to us, like, what y'all want to run? I mean, you know, every time it was 15, that was the playful dream and get out of the way. But he would talk to us. And that's what coaches have to do with their players, you know, you know, not the player that comes in and say, hey, we need to do this, 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 and tries to take over. No, just ask everybody as a whole, you know, what you what's the feel?
3: mm mm-hmm. But you see. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>
0: 2003,
2: we played in the Western Conference semis, um, and we ended y'all run. Remember that?
0: Oh, I remember that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you remember that? It, it was it, it was some great basketball being played. I, I think that's for me. That's when. That's when I was
0: asking for help. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> that's that,
2: that's when Tim really took it to another level, man. Yeah. I, like I've never seen mm-hmm. nobody play like that. You know, especially against Shaq. But give me your experience and, and your take on it. You know, when you said we got a chance to see Tim and uh, Shaq really go at it. Yeah,
0: you know, for me. Y'all was on your way to four. Yeah. You know, (laughs) Not three, four. So Tim figured me out. I used to do this little trick thing with Tim where when I would guard Tim, I would always want him to go to the middle so I could have my hand on his hip. So every time Tim would jump, I would jump and pull his hip down and try to block his shot, and he would yell at the ref, like, he's pulling me down. They're like, where, where? And it was a little trick I would do. And so the next year, Tim started facing me. I'm like, fuck, I can't do my trick now. Mm -hmm. And he would just... Go at me, and then spin move, and I can't grab him. like one. It was just hitting shots. I mean, the dude was on a mission. And when you run across a player, you know, like Jimmy Buck is now, he's on a fucking That's mission. That's how Tim was exactly. Yeah, and you can't stop him. You can throw everybody at him, and then you know feel like oh, we're gonna throw Shaq at him. Uh, he too quick for Shaq. Bro, he start doing hooks <laughs> and little runners on Shaq. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! I tell you, I was like I was like, the best bet is try to get him on the other side of the floor because you know Tim wasn't that good off that off that right block. But it's like. But he just was that year. And then when he wasn't hitting, you know, everybody knows about Cove. If Cove do not respect you, he's not gonna really guard you. He wasn't really respecting Bruce Bowen. Next thing you know, five, six, six, six. six. I'm like, damn, Bruce had six threes? All in the corner. All in the corner. And I was like, damn. It's like, and then you get to a point, and then we go into San Antonio, and I missed that damn shot, Mm -hmm. which could have changed the The whole whole outcome of everything. And once I missed that shot, it was like our whole team was like, Damn, Rob missed. The basketball guys must mean we gonna lose. <laughs> hey, for real. So we, hey, because if you saw Tim face, like, it's, it's that
2: a, was it, over. It's a video on Tim face where Rob just shot go in and come out. And Tim's just standing like this. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's like it could it would have been over that fast for us, dog. And it, it was so weird that you know, and that's I think that's the most disgusted I've ever been because. I said to myself, I don't miss those fucking shots, man. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking want to miss this right shot. It bounced right to him. He's like, oh, come on, man. Now, come it's on, I'm like, not brr. this again. <laughs> like, I'm like, fuck me, man. But that shit went in. Yeah, and it was just one of those things, man, where you sit back and it creeps in your mind. It's like, I don't supposed to miss this shot. but well, maybe it's not our year. The basketball guy saying it's their year. And you know it happened. The next day, know, they went on to win a championship, man. Mm-hmm. I get and then I'm out at the next year because <laughs> I missed the shot. I'm out. So mm. yeah, you go to San Antonio. Uh, San Antonio. How was that leaving Lakers and? It was weird, man. Because yeah. you think about all the battles we used to have with San. It was almost like a, a rivalry, rivalry that yeah. wasn't talked about. Because you think about when Shaq made up the story about him hating David Robinson <laughs> right. and all that kind of stuff. But it was it was a rivalry in yeah. its sense. Then I remember I went there. And I had some people come up, man, said you came here to sabotage our team, didn't you? I'm like, what you talk? What? I'm like, no. This is well, why'd you come to San work? Because I fit here. Mm-hmm. And I had signed, up, and it was weird because I was so pissed that the Lakers let me. I had one year left on my deal, and they looked at me and was like, well, you're washed up. They literally thought I was washed up. Mm. They said, well, because I only went. I think I went for three for 36 from three, awful. But I said, you forget. There's a lot of miles on this body. We've been to the finals three. I was fucking tired,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I had no energy, and I was trying my best, but I didn't have any energy. I, I went back and looked at the film of my shooting. You know, if you usually jump like two inches to take a jump shot, I was shooting like an inch. Mm-hmm. It was just my legs were gone. And so, it, and then when I got to San Antonio, it was like I was I had that more time in the summer to recharge my battery, and I had a bad year my first year in San Antonio, and. When people was like, oh, you here to sabotage. So the next year, people don't know this, I signed a one-year deal the following year, 2005, because I knew that I was going to be better because I was really energized now. I signed like a million-dollar deal, and and people don't even know it. It's like I could have went to, because Shaq wanted me to come to Miami and play, uh, and then um, they wanted me to go to Dallas and play because oh, you're the missing piece for us to win a championship. But I said, no, I felt so bad that I had an awful first year in San Antonio and I stayed and signed, you know, and then we won in 2005, mm-hmm, we won mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. you know, and then I signed a three-year deal and then I was out after that. But it was one of those things for me, you have pride as a player and you and you don't want anybody to view you as, you know, a bum in my mind. I was like, San, I think San Antonio was viewing me as, oh, he's washed up, he's a bum, he can't do this, right? And I was like, no, I got years left in me. I said, you, I don't think people understand you know, I had, by the time I got to San Antonio, I had already won five championships. I, I was already playing more playoff games than anybody, and my body was just tired. tired right. And then, uh, and then from there on, you know, I had a couple of good years there, won two more championships, and then rode off into the that sunset.
2: AT and T connects and old to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream.
4: Listen to stories for kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: What goes on in your mind when the ball rolls to you like that? And clutch, like I know you, Matt. You know, like you always been at an even cool. You were always cool, laid back, and I think that's why you've always been able to knock those shots down when the ball comes to you. But
0: what, what what's going on through your mind? You know, for me, it's just absolutely nothing, and you think about it, we play this game because we love this game. You know, I know it's become a business, but when we started out, we played it because we loved it Then it turned into a business. Now kids, you know, it's a business from day one with all the NILs and, you know, the followings and stuff like this. But for me, it was just the love of the game, man. Having mm-hmm. that be having that ability to say, oh, I kicked your ass, I knocked down this shot on you. And so for me, I don't think about anything because I know once I started thinking, that's when I start messing up. Because I, I, you tell so many people, like, you can go out and do a crazy dunk or something, and then you go into practice, man, do that dunk again. You can't do it because you got to think about it. Mm-hmm. But you can do it when you don't think. And that's how basketball players are. My best games are when I'm not thinking, I'm just playing and reacting. Mm-hmm. So I never think, man.
2: <laughs> right. You uh Your seventh ring, mm-hmm. Yeah, all sweep LeBron in the finals. Yeah. What was LeBron
0: like then? LeBron, Le- LeBron wasn't the jump shooter or the knockdown three. He was more of a drive guy. He'd get by a big body, jump over you. And that whole game plan was like we're going to double-team Every time he come off a pick-and-roll, we're going to double-team him. And then (laughs) it's it's almost like the water boy because if you had Mike Brown over there on the other side, every play they ran were our plays in San Antonio. I'm like, dude, mm -hmm, what are you doing? You can't run floppy down. That's our play. Floppy side, that's our play. Wedge roll, you can't (laughs) run the roll, none of that. You can't run that. He ran almost every play that San Antonio ran, and we look like, damn. This is gonna be the easiest scout. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's all we did. That's why I was able to sweep them, man. Mm-hmm. And so, and then that's when, you know, I think Ilgazkas was trying to be a fucking three point shooter. He didn't wanna go to the paint. You know, mm-hmm. you're an all star. Now all of a sudden you're playing against Tim. You wanna shoot threes mm-hmm. and you can't shoot threes. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was just, it was just one of the easiest championships to win, man. Mm-hmm. Because it was. It, they it wasn't was, ready. They wasn't ready. LeBron was still young. Double team LeBron. Who, who else? Who else is going to score
3: on that team? The coach
2: is a student of pop.
3: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I want to take you back to the year before against Detroit. You mean everyone raves about the Kings lakers shot, but the shot you hit is a game five. Uh, yeah, game five. Game Talk five. Talk to us about that shot.
0: Uh, yeah, it was. Um, it, I, I tell people all the time is you know when you playing in the San Antonio system, we got sixty thousand plays. I've never been on a team with more plays than Pop. We're only run three. <laughs> yeah, but he's always going to. There's going to be a pick and roll, and for me, I remember going in at halftime of that game, and I was like zero for six. I was over, and I'm just talking to myself because I've always talked to myself when I'm fucking up, and like because I think you know you can say what you want to say, but you can't motivate me like me. I know what buttons to push in myself, and I remember Bruce looking at me. Like, like oh, shit, this dude, crazy. And so I come out and I have a good half. And what pissed me off more is like Pop didn't run not one fucking play for me. If you mm-hmm. go back and look at every shot I took, it was either a fourth shot or I created something. I'm not a creator. And that's not me. I'm a spot-up shooter, you know, slasher, dunker. But I'm having to fucking take my own shots because he never ran a play for me. And so I'm knocking on these shots. And then at the end of the game, he's like, okay. The play was ran for Manu. It wasn't even fucking play for me. I'm inbound the ball and Rashid bit, and it was like a. It's almost like me saying, "Okay, I'm gonna throw this at Rashid to kind of make him do this and go with the plot. So I bounce pass, which I hate fucking bounce passes. I don't bounce pass unless I really have to. I throw the bounce pass to Manu, and he kind of bites. And as soon as Manu comes back, I said, I'm shooting this bitch because I'm hotter than fish grease. And so I shoot it. And then after, I didn't realize that Tayshaun Prince almost blocked mm-hmm, that shit. Right there, <laughs> he almost blocked it. So for me, it was just one of those games, man, where you get hot and you just want it all the time. You want the rock, but that fucking Detroit team was a fucking mm, tough, beast, man. Right? I and mean, you talking about four all stars on one team? They played together, man. They played great defense. It was that was a tough series. But I will tell you, after we won Game Five, I felt like it was like a basketball guy said, "Oh, it's meant to be, dude." You just had one of your best games ever in the playoff game. You know, you scored more points in the, in the second half than you probably scored in any game, and it was just for me. It was a great moment, especially to do it on the road. You know, it's nothing Different. like mm-hmm. setting crowds up. I have I only have three pitches in my house, and this is one of the pictures I have me making a shot. And the funny thing is just to look at the reaction of the crowd because mm. everybody knows that shit going in. Mm. <laughs> you know, you got one kid like this, he knows and everybody else like this right mm. here. So it's just funny That's when you the, the pictures you see and you point out stuff, and it's just it's just a great point. And then you know, and also if I got in the corner is my dad who's watching. He's like, he has that smile and it's been like... Yeah, going
2: Yeah, that's just good. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, uh, the Detroit Pistons, the best thing that happened to them was me and Ron getting suspended. <laughs> they wouldn't have had a chance. <laughs> <laughs>
3: they,
2: we beat that ass when we, that happened. Also, uh, quick question. What do you think about the number one pick? The Spurs
0: have a number one pick. I, I think it's going to be good for the organization because they're used to dealing with a Frenchman. You know, I deal with with Tony, and I think, you know, everybody's thinking, I had so many of my friends from San Antonio take like, we're back! I'm like, no, you're not. I said, don't put that pressure on that kid. Mm-hmm. That kid needs, you know, he's going to need four of the guys to be able to play with, and he's going to get time to learn the system. I think it's just going to be, be one of those things where he's going to be like a Dirk whiskey. Think about it, when Dirk Norris first got in the league, everybody was like, oh, he's a bust. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, he's one of the best players. It took him some time to learn the game. Mm-hmm. He had to learn the, the strength of the NBA, and the challenge. speed of the NBA. Yeah. You know, people said, well, he's been playing professional since he was 15. It's not like he's Luca, where he's a big body and he can take that beating. Right. I think it's going to take him a while to take it. Like Giannis. It took Giannis a while yeah. to take that beating. See, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because your body hasn't mature. And you had to get to that point where you become a man because he's still, he's still a young man. Right. Mm-hmm. He hasn't lost a young part. He has to become mm-hmm. a man to play in this league. And I think everybody's comparing him to the next great thing to LeBron. I'm like, dude, don't do that to him. Mm-mm. LeBron is a unicorn for real. He's an alien, so stop comparing him. <laughs> to him. As, as far as organization,
2: family-oriented, what he's being taught right the right way and how to be a professional, professional. Yes. that's the best place to be. Best place. Best, best place to be.
0: That's the one thing I will say about them. I remember when my daughter was sick, and my last year in San Antonio, and she went in the hospital, and Pop was like, don't come back until she's out of the hospital. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I said, what? I said, don't come back. I don't care if she's feeling good. Don't come back till she's out of the hospital. I mean, she got out of the hospital on a Monday. I was back at practice on a Wednesday. He's like, what are you doing here? I said, you said don't come back. I said, she's not out of the woods yet. Go home. Don't come mm-hmm. back. I'm like, are you trying to get rid of me on the slide? He's <laughs> like, no. I said, you know, family is the most important mm, thing. Him and that's the sure. one thing that, you know, you, know, you had to give it up to the POP and the San Antonio Spurs organization. They know basketball is a business and it's how we you know, live our lives, but that's not the most important thing. Your family is the most important thing. And for me, I'm really grateful for that because, you know, two years later, I lost my daughter. But it's just one of those times that, you you know, you can't get those times back. Mm -hmm. You got to spend that time with your loved ones while you can.
2: Mm -hmm. Pop pop is is big. I got a story because I want to give pop his props. We was in Chicago, and uh, I was on the way to the game. And at the time, my wife had just miscarried. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was on my way to the game, but I wanted to go play. And Pop sent me, I'm talking about when I was in the locker room getting dressed, he made me put my clothes on and sent me back to the hotel. And made me stay at the hotel for two days just to get my mind right. He didn't care about none of that shit. And it was it was around getting ready to go into the playoff time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But that's that's one thing I loved about Pop. They could say what he wanted as a coach and how the things he say, but he always put family before basketball. Yeah,
0: That's 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 a big ups to him because he was, you know, he and after that, he would always ask me. How's your daughter? Mm-hmm. How's your daughter? So it's that's that's important to me, man. Yeah. Because you know, we love playing basketball and it's a business and we can make a shit ton of money at it. But at the end of the day, when all that's gone, all we have is our family and our loved ones, you know, and, and it's 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 just a beautiful thing when you can have a coach to, to make you do that. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. They care that much. Yeah.
3: Um seven championships, other than great players and coaches, what's the most important thing you feel like a team hat needs to have to win it all? You gotta like each other. You know, oh.
0: you got to like each other, man. Point and I, I, I think I've never played it like we would all go to dinners. I think when even when it was with the with the Lakers, we weren't really a cohesive group. And Phil took us, one time Phil said, all right, nobody making the plans. we all getting on the bus because he, he know we make plans. We're on the road. You get to a hotel, we got limos. We all in a limo, we gone. He said, nobody make plans. He made us all go to a comedy club. We went in through the back door. It's probably like this, and we're like, "What the fuck we at, right? Mm. And then this is time. This is the first time I've ever seen Fluffy. What's his name? What's the What's the guy name? He plays Fluffy, He's the comedian, Fluffy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gabriel Inglés. He was funny as shit. We all laughed. And then from that moment on, we started doing a lot more things mm. as a team. And it's, it's amazing how we become, oh, yeah, we friends, we good, but we weren't that close. Mm-hmm. And from that moment on, we became closer. And there's little things like that. I know even when I was in Houston, Eight of us would go to dinner. No, Dream wouldn't go to dinner, but mm-hmm. everybody else on the team would go to mm-hmm. dinner. And when I got to the Spurs, we would all go to dinner. And it was just one of those things that you do as a family. I remember mean, the thing, funny thing about the Spurs was Tim went, all, Tim went out and bought all those little Game Boys or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and he made it all play poker. We we'll all play poker mm. on the plane. Everybody had you know those 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 names, and <laughs> you know you had to put the hundred dollars in the pot, and everybody was like playing like who wins you get the money. So it was just little things like that you do as a team, and it was and and that's one of the things as the championship teams you gotta like one another. Mm. You gotta want to play hard. For, you know you think we always say we're a band of brothers. If someone smacks your brother, you're gonna smack them back, right? Mm-hmm. And so you gotta get that love for one another. And if you don't have that love, if someone smacks you and you don't want to smack them back, that's that's no love. Yeah. That's no love, right there. And you got it. You gotta have it, you know. And I know one thing that that we did all have in common is. We didn't ever help anybody up from another team. Mm-hmm. I don't give a damn. It was, you know, I even told McDyess when we were playing the finals, I said, if hey, elbow you, don't be mad at me. After this, we can go out and have dinner, but uh-huh. on this court, I, you my fucking enemy. Time. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. 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 I'm going to put go. you on the
3: spot. Okay. Best team you ever played
0: on? Uh, it had to be the Lakers team. Uh, you know, you think of, we only lost one fucking game 16 to play on one. Of. 16-1, man. That team was freaking good. You know, San Antonio game, Team 2005 was pretty good too, but I just think the the way Shaq and Kobe was playing, the way Rick was playing, people don't talk about Rick's defense. Rick could play some other of defense. You know, they're looking at oh, he's a pretty motherfucker he can't play, but he was a, he he had a nastiness about him that nobody could think. <laughs> and so, so it's Matt just Fox. Of,
3: yeah. <laughs> no, I get mistaken. All the time in LA for this dude. I'm like, seriously? still doing yeah, nothing, nothing alike. Yeah. Nothing yeah. alike. But so maybe just two slight-skinned motherfuckers with good hair and didn't take no shit.
0: Exactly. And that's the thing, man. You know, if you think about the way Shaq played in that series. He was pissed off he didn't win the MVP again. Mm. And he was just, man, he was so fucking dominant, man. I, I think what he averaged like what 35 or 36 during that run, something crazy. So, and then Kobe was playing. Think about it. If Shaq didn't play that good. Kobe was like averaging 28 something. It was fucking ridiculous how we were rolling. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you know and that's you know I talk about being pissed off when I missed that shot. But the second most I ever been pissed off was when we lost game 1 to the to Philly. We was as a team, we were so fucking mad. We never mentioned it about we trying to sweep everybody. We never mentioned it, sure. but we knew if we did that We'd be considered the best team ever. And
2: Chuck was frying
0: y'all. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Didn't nothing y'all could do that game. Chuck was frying y'all. Yeah. Chuck was on one.
0: You know, but you know, if, if you go back and look at that game, people don't. It was a key moment in that game. The reason we lost it. I'm running down the court, and you know how you run, and you try to jump over somebody, you kind of push them out the side. Dick Bavetta calls a foul on me. Dacemic goes and shoots the two free throws, sends us into overtime, and we lose that game. Who, who who shot the free throws? The Kimbe. He hit both of them yeah. shits? Yeah. And so it's it's that moment right there where, you know, they don't get us wrong, AI was doing his thing, but still, though, we should have won that game because it was like it was almost like the NBA knew. It's like, oh, these dudes too fucking good. We yeah. gotta get to find a way to get a win. Yeah. But yeah, but it was, it was, it was so disappointing as a team. And it, it's almost like the next practice fielder had to say shit to us. Mm. He saw how pissed off we were. He probably said, like, all right, everybody go home. Cause he knew he ain't got to coach no more because he knew we were so motivated to come out and kick ass up that crazy thing. Think about that. Out of all the players that you've ever seen in the league, what two players you would never want to make bad? Kobe and Shaq. Mm-hmm. You think about it. Mm-hmm. You can make. it. So you make. it. Like now, you make LeBron mad. He still doesn't play like a Shaq. Mm-hmm. You know. You make Giannis mad. He still doesn't play like a Kobe. It's the difference when you got two dominant guys who, who take your heart. You know, and and, and knock your Long ass out kill.
3: too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's a difference, I didn't man. Tell you they doing yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Another tough one. Best player. You said obviously Dream was the best center. Was he the best player too? Best player you ever played with?
0: You know, it's it's this is so hard because you if you look at it as a big, you, it's, it's a Dream. You look at it from a guard standpoint, it's, it's cold. and not not knock anything off Clyde because people sometimes forget Clyde about was Clyde.
3: Fun. Clyde
0: was so Clyde. We would go to practice. Clyde, Clyde be like this, reading the paper. Don't even warm up. And all of a sudden, all right, we running lines. That motherfucker got running all of us. Yeah. He was such a great athlete, but you know, Kobe was. It was, Black I think, for me, lie. Kobe's drive to be the best, his his work ethic to be in the gym working on what he could not do. I've played with a lot of great players, and I've seen players who go to practice and they work on shit they're good at or they're great at. Not Kobe. Kobe said, oh, I already got that. I'm great at that. I'm going to work on this. Now nah, I'm great at that. I'm putting this up. I'm working on this. And you can't get a lot of guys to do that because they, I don't know if they don't have the heart, they don't have the time, they don't have the drive. But for me, I, you know, Kobe, as far as his drive and his work ethic was just above and beyond mm. everybody. And, you know, you can hear people talk about it. But when you see it, mm-hmm. and it's, it's always weird when you hear people talk about it who never saw it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you you know, you know saw it. Mm-hmm. You to go to practice, and you're like, yeah, he ain't going to beat me today in practice. And he already has iced up because he already been sweating. And so it's, it's just to me, Clyde, Clyde was good. Dream was good. Manu was a hell of an athlete. But I, I think if I have to push, pick someone, it's going to be cold. Mm.
3: Um, out of the seven rings, which one do you identify, or do you have a favorite? Ninety-five is my favorite, man. First one. Nine Ninety-five. Five.
2: Ninety-five. Screw was
3: jamming at to Houston,
2: too. Going <laughs> down in Houston, man. Going
0: down yeah. in Houston. Because, Overhead. you know, people People don't realize the run we had to make, the teams we had to beat, you know, Carmelo, John Stockton you know, Kevin Johnson who people don't ever talk about was a fucking beast. Kevin Johnson and then Charles Barkley, then Dennis Rodman, and then, you know, uh 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 David Robinson who got MVP that year. And then we don't beat Penny and Shaq them. So that run was amazing and and to be a sixth seed and not have home court advantage is something special. Now we if we'd have swept everybody, that would have been number one. But mm-hmm. because of the, the journey and being uh, a six seed, not having home court advantage was special. Was we were popping around that day.
2: Y'all had one. That's the Y'all wanna state championship. It was going down. It yeah, was well, that <laughs> time. This- Yeah. <laughs>
0: Big sir. Uh, everybody, hey, Papa Doe used to be jumping, boy. Going <laughs> down, I'm telling you. Cornbread. Man, th- th- Thursday, no, Papa Doe's Thursday, boy, uh, that's the down. best place to be. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, all right, man. Well, quick hitters. First thing to come to mind. We're almost finished here. Let us know, okay? And and I, I'm glad we get to ask you this question because you saw all three: MJ, Kobe, LeBron. <sighs> Where are they at in, in, in your opinion? I
0: I I think MJ is one, Kobe is two, and LeBron is three, because you think someone agrees with me? I, I you know it, I tell people that, I don't think MJ had a flaw in his game. You say what, you know, people say, well, he he didn't shoot threes. He could shoot threes when he wanted to shoot threes. He didn't need to shoot threes because you couldn't stop him going to the hole or pulling up on the J, you know, and Kobe was the same way, you know, and I, I think LeBron is a fucking great player, you know, so when you say this, people will think, oh, you smacking LeBron oh, in the face. No, 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 no I'm not, not. doing he's still He's still 1C, you know, Kobe's 1B, and his mm. mic's just his first, you know, and I, I know the body of work that all these guys are put in, but I just think when you, if you say, is there a flaw in LeBron's game? Yes. Was there a flaw in Kobe's game? He couldn't play post-defense. Mm-hmm. And people don't, you know, if I say this, people nah, like for say, real? that's why Bonzi yeah, killed him. Yeah, see, people get mad at me saying it. no, it's like, just be honest. Just watch, and that Kobe, Kobe, the way he used to play him was like this. It's like you can't play a player like this. You got to have contact. It's so many things like no, that. No, it wasn't offensively. Yeah, it's just so many things you talk about, and so that's why to me that's how you set it up because you know those other guys got that chink little, of bit, armor. little bit, a little one, little bitty chink. Mm-hmm. And if you're gonna, you know, micromanage everything like we do in this world, or not that's why you put MJ first, and he got more rings than all of them. <laughs>
2: Thanks. What yeah. one Go ahead. album you can listen to with no skips?
0: <laughs> man, I'm, it's, it's going to sound painful, man.
3: Mm. Painful, painful, nice. man. Because that was Good my call. senior year
0: in high school, and that's all I, I used don't like to
3: listen. So, okay.
0: <laughs> painful was that's my number dope. one. So it's funny. I was just I, I listen to that now. My you know, you have kids. And they you, you compare your rap to their rap, and I'm like, man, days. look, this is the best rap album ever, right? And I show them, like Payton, fool, like what? Who's Rockem? Do you know Him is? I'm like, so it's just funny, man. But it's just fun. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, top five power 4's of all time. Okay, top
0: five. I would say Tim Duncan, uh, Charles Barkley, Carl Malone, uh, uh, Kevin Garnett. And then it's just Rasheed Wallace. Rasheed, mm.
3: man.
0: Uh, I, I think, you know, people don't understand how good Rasheed was. No, My You know, and his ability to shoot threes, post up. You know, Rasheed had that funny back. Oh, he just to do like this, and then he shot it like Bill Cartwright from up here. You can never block it. But it was... It's a lot of hell of a power force, man. You know, mm-hmm. you call that you, was the era McDice, yeah, Webb. Yeah, you call him next day. I put Webb on there. You know, you think grandmama yep. on there, Larry yeah. Johnson. Yeah, you yeah. so many people you can put on that mm-hmm. list, man. But you know, I damn, I forgot about Larry Johnson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Until, if his back would have never went out, man. Mm. Who's telling how you know? And I can't, you know, people are saying, Well, what about guys like Kevin McHale? I didn't play against Kevin McHale, so I don't know mm-hmm. about him, you know. So I can only go against guys I played against and I seen, you know, it's just to me, a mail of a list. Yeah. On so hell of a list. You know, I, uh, Charles Barker was just, you know, he don't get enough credit for how he's he was only what 6'4, six, 6'5. Six, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Monster. It, just beasting everybody with the they size. Slapping motherfuckers too yeah. off the court. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Throwing motherfuckers through windows. Mm-hmm. Glass <laughs> plate doors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's the best basketball player in the
2: world right now?
0: Sheesh. Mm. Uh <laughs> the way Jimmy Butler's playing. <laughs> Jimmy Butler, but no. Um it's to me, I, I have to give it to the Greek freak, man. I, I, I and that's the only reason I say that you know, if, if you can get this ad you playing right now. I would say 80, but it's not, it's not a consistent basis. Thanks. And, you know, if you look at the way the Greek freak plays, you know, even though he has his flaws where he can't shoot free throws, I just like how hard he plays each and, every, and every game.
3: Yeah.
0: And his motor and his drive and his ability to get to the hole, even though it's traveled three-fourths of the time, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> to me, I just, I just like the way the guy plays, man. Yeah, me you, know, too. you know, people want to say Luca, they want to say Steph, but you know, I just think... To me, I look at if you do it on both ends of the floor. I don't give a shit if you, you know, if you go 12 for 21 game, but if you play hard, I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I always say, can you imagine AD with Giannis's motor? It would be it'd be unfair. It'd be fucking unfair. Cheat code. Yeah, um, best Robert Ori name drop in the song. <laughs> uh, so uh, and they, we, were <laughs> the we're not, they were looking at to cut you they were looking at her they said it was like a, a Wikipedia page they had to like scroll they didn't realize how many songs you had been I, named I mean, dropped them I mean song so many
0: damn songs i remember um we were at a light and um this dude just pulls up next to us and we just happened to have the windows down we was in Pensacola Florida and the dude was playing Kevin Gates and Kevin Gates named my name and the dude is a white guy in a challenger, bobbing his head. And I'm sitting in the car. My wife is my ex-wife is driving. And so we sitting in the car and he's like, da 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 And he's like, and he looks at me like, <laughs> yeah, like, and, he actually, and we oh, turn left, and he goes straight. He's like, "I could have been Robert Orley, but <laughs> but you know, my but my current wife hates this song. I love this song. Don't you open up that window? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Travis Scott. Yeah, Travis Scott. <laughs> the three P. Yeah, three yeah, P. I just got a
3: three P.
0: Yeah, and my my wife every time she says, like, so is this something you to tell me?".
1: I'm like, <laughs> "No, I didn't get". But his
0: thing is, I, I, I met Travis Scott once. Uh, you know, he's a he was a huge Rockets fan still is to this day and I met him I, I almost wanted to say man why'd you put me in that song and what you mean by three p three holes the other week man <laughs> not... <laughs> but no nah, and I, I just it's just fun man when you hear like guys like I remember we were playing New Orleans and I ran up to Lil Wayne and I said dude I'm honored man Do you even know who I am And he mm. looked at me like nah dude man I love your game and so for me when I hear my names in these songs and it, it, I think my kids are more proud of it than I am. That's dope. Because That's they get to honor. play it, and mm-hmm. and they talk about it. And it's like my, my middle son is the one. He's always, you know, he's into music deeply. He sings and all this kind of So he sends me every time a song comes out. It'd be an artist I've never even heard of. Right. Dad, I hear your name again. He sends it to me. So, That's dope. Yeah. Hell yeah, we had Wayne here last night.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you did? Like 12 yeah. hours ago. <laughs> Literally just Y'all, y'all, yeah. y'all up yeah. right yeah. now. Nah, we, <laughs> we
3: didn't get out of here until midnight last night.
2: <laughs> all right. Yeah. If you could see one guest on our show, who would it be? But you have to help us get your answer on the show.
0: You know, I'm a huge ludicrous fan. We you just had just, him yesterday. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yesterday. 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 Yeah. Right there. <laughs> what a coincidence. Yeah. That's crazy. I, you know, I, I think Southern, you know, I'm since I'm grew up, man, I love the Southern rap. I yeah. love mm-hmm. it Me too. Mm-hmm. you know, from Atlanta down to the bottom. Um, yeah. You know, if one guest, I think, you know, I'm sure y'all had Snoop in here, so yep. uh you know who, is, to me, has been missing is I would love to have Uncle Luke in here. Oh, uh, yeah. now nah, we, we need we need to have Uncle Luke. You gotta have Ooh, Uncle Luke. I've talked to him a few call. times. Yeah. yeah, we need to have Uncle we'll Luke.
3: Go, we'll go to Uncle Luke. We, oh, no, yeah. I think we need to go to <laughs> yeah. Uncle Luke.
0: Yeah, because I, I remember the first time I ever met him was through Vernon Maxwell. Max. And of course, we had to roll up in the Rolex, but yeah, it was yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, man, it was just it's amazing to meet him. And then, and that's one thing about basketball. You're allowed to meet all these people. Mm-hmm. I remember right. my first, the first celebrity i ever met was mc hammer and this one he was at the height mm-hmm. we watched uh we, he invited us over on new year's to watch the alabama miami game because mm-hmm. me and vernon had a, had a thousand dollar bet on that that you know i was like damn i ain't got a thousand dollars yet dude but i bet this and alabama actually won that game so i was like yes yeah so it was nice. it was like people like that man being anybody to be able to just sit down and talk to them and have them be fans of yours mm-hmm. and i remember i was standing outside of a restaurant one time and and denzel walks up to me and starts talking to me. Like, man, y'all gonna win this thing this year? I'm like, you know, all you can think about is fucking Denzel talking to me. You know, it's just amazing that they are fans of ours as we are fans of
3: theirs. Mm, Absolutely. Well, man, we want to thank you first before we give you your merch real quick. (laughs) Got some all the smoke merch right oh, here. You can get that all the smoke dot store. But uh, Just outside of that, man. Just really kind of want to give you your flowers, man. I think your greatness sometimes is overshadowed man, uh, thank to, you, to, man. and just limited to shots. But yeah. you were a two way competitor, a monster on both ends, man. And we just want to let you know, we appreciate you, man. And I'm glad we. I ran into him at the airport like what, well, like a month and a half yeah, ago. I was like, bro, yeah. we, when are you gonna come on? Because we see each other a lot. I'm like, bro, yeah. when are you gonna come on the but show? I, I didn't think
0: I, my name was big enough to be on the yeah, show. Right. Man. Cut it no,
3: out.
0: Serious, Cut man. it out. I just feel like. I feel like I was the B team, man, trying yeah. to make varsity. Cut
3: it out, man. Cut it out. <laughs> well, man, no, but man, let me
0: say something first, man. You know, you know, I, I had my podcast, but I did my podcast because of you two guys, because, you know, your realness is what's important to me. And I really appreciate your realness, the way y'all talk about people. And y'all just keep it real. You speak from the heart. You know, you can have disagreements with people. Mm-hmm. And, but you said, okay, that's what's great about this country. You can have different opinions. Mm-hmm. So, man, respect remains. Want, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just said, man, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, man. And I, I wish y'all nothing but the best, man, because mm. you two deserve it, man.
3: Appreciate it. Two of the Thank greatest you.
0: competitors I've ever seen on the court, especially mm-hmm. you, man. Watching you, <laughs> watching,
3: people don't understand, man.
0: You know, watching this dude in high school come hang out with Sam. You know, mm-hmm. like, Who's this little dude? oh, he's going to be pretty good, huh? And just, you could see his drive, man, back then that he wanted to be in it. That's all he talked about, how
3: do I get to the league? Y'all think you even remember that, man. I do, I okay. do. But not
2: just Phoenix, mm-hmm. in Houston, too. Yeah, At yeah. Fundy.
3: Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is that when you used to be able to uh, stand your pants up with starch when you was yeah.
2: playing? Yeah, yeah. My, yeah the real starchy pants back <laughs> then. <right laughs> yeah, exactly. That was a Texas <laughs> thing. That was yeah. a Texas <laughs> thing. That was a
3: Texas thing.
0: Well,
3: Rob, man, we appreciate uh, you. Man, Thank man, you. My pleasure. Thank brother, you for man. your time. <laughs> That's a wrap. Seven-time champ, Robert Ori. All the smoke on Showtime Basketball YouTube and the iHeart platform Black Effects. Big shot. See y'all next week. Big shot. (laughs) Yeah. At Bed 365,
5: we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field.